everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slow Beef. With me, of course, my good friend, Devious Vacuum. Hello, everyone. I'm not the only one who took notes this time. Aren't you excited? Well, let's just forget the introduction to get right to the, the big twist. That, no, um, my good friend Turbo C. I'm Kato this time. <laughs> Kano. <laughs> Shit, I keep calling him. Oh, Welcome so to Mortal Kombat. You're right. We should, we should do it that way, actually. Yeah. Hold on. Let's let's rewind time. My good friend, uh, Achi. Is it not Aki? And, Aki? No, isn't it Achi? Achi? It's Achi. <laughs> I'm joking. I'll turn with Kano. Oh, of course. <laughs> Kano. Oh, damn it. Yeah. And then Raiden and Sonya Blade. <laughs> I'm I, I'm sorry, Kano is still, even though I know, my good friend Kano. Yeah, that's me still. Yeah, so you. My good friend Tama. Yes, the cat. I am a cat. So I have the list of our real names in my head all the time, and now I'm trying to struggle. My good friend Osawa. Yeah, I left the draw. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to get the win. <laughs> yeah. Who's the sixth person who didn't have anybody? It's me. Yeah. I'm the narrator. I'm Minorakawa. Um, I, I had a suggestion because Divac always takes notes and stuff. Is that why don't we divide and conquer and we all pick a character and take notes on that character? Not play act them as maybe I've led you all to believe, but um. <laughs> yeah, it's a little less interesting than. I thought all hmm. acting was in place. You mean I got this outfit for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> And the head won't come off. Unless. You gonna do a Dark Souls run after this? <laughs> so yeah, so they took notes about the characters. So I, I, I could have not taken any notes, but um, I don't totally believe them, so I did take notes anyway. <laughs> right, Divac doesn't believe in us. Also, didn't you finish before we decided that we were gonna do that? Maybe. I read my character twice because the first time I didn't take notes, so I had to read it again. I I took notes and then I took pictures of my notes on from my laptop on the bus. No, because I didn't want to bring my laptop down here, and I felt like that's what Minorakawa would have done. Wow, he's really uh, improving your life, huh? He's like inspiring you. Yeah, I don't know why he is, but um, no, actually I did. I, I I went into this last time. I, how I feel like he's like. A very positive version of like Indiana Jones or Jack Bauer of that like never give up attitude, but no matter the setback. Yeah, he had some good scenes this time. He does the right thing, even though it annoys him to do so. Yeah, and it doesn't matter like what gets in his way. It's just like okay, you know what I mean? Like some action movies, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, is just the hero failing to do what they're trying to do, but trying over and over and over again. And their editor yelling at them the entire time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, who do we want to start with, anyway? You know, Sawa is, is, is actually a good start because he doesn't interact with anyone in this chapter. Who who is that? Sawa, my my character. Go well, take it, take let's, it. Let's, let's let's get it out of the way. All right. That's, that's, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Got to rip that bandaid off first. <laughs> So, um, last we saw Sawa, he was having a weird flashback about how he also um, did the little human experiments on his own. He ejected one of his daughters, but which one? Yeah, it was just as um, Makino got to the house. Um, his, his boss was also his wife's father, who he suspects is the other one doing 
Is that a common thing in in Japan, by the way? Injecting your daughters with viruses? No, mar <laughs> marrying the boss's daughter. As they say, it's a it was a political marriage. Yeah, that's that's kind of an international thing. I yeah, think. that's an everywhere thing. What? Okay. It's less common now. That was like, that was like like a trope kind of deal. Like I don't know if people really really do it, but it's like. You know, like, dating the boss's daughter, what am I thinking? Oh, you know, my career, romance, no respect or something, you know? Very, it's very 50s. <laughs> Is this Rodney Dangerfield kidding? <laughs> yeah. My political marriage. No, I asked because we were watching Monster and that had a same sort of, uh... <laughs> um. Monster like with Charlie's Theron or monster like the anime? That, yeah, I, uh, Charlie's Theron, that's what I was asking about Japan. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was saying! What's the other monster? Monster the anime. <laughs> monster the anime is about German people. It's not about Japanese people. Well, it starts with the. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> this is too many layers. Can you imagine? <laughs> wait, look at the level of nerd here, where you say monster, and the assumption is not the movie with Charlie Theron as Amanda Weenus or whatever her name is. Uh, you should all watch anyway. Monster the anime. It's it's, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, it's like critically acclaimed. Like this isn't like a anyway. <laughs> so this chapter, um, he reflects uh, again on his own experiments, and he says that uh, he had a good reason to do them. Um, but he also can't deny that he found it interesting as a scientist. So we have that. Uh, and then he tries to um, get out of the house to meet his boss, and starts to sneak out. Um, but Detective Banana puts a rubber duck in the shoe. This is so good. Kajuara is so good in this chapter. I'm going to keep calling him Detective Banana because that's a better name. Detective <laughs> Banana. Yeah, it's easier to remember. I just love his budget booby traps. Yeah, and you think it's a you think it's a goof sound, and then it is literally <laughs> a rubber ducky. <laughs> yeah, and then you get little like horror photo of Detective Banana with a flashlight, attacking um, <laughs> him. <laughs> What I like is um, Osawa kind of throws the duck at him, but it, like he just kind of catches it like it's a weapon. Yeah, like in one hand, just like I got this. And that's supposed to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Like I can imagine his, like the actor like going deadpan and like just catching it out of the air like a like a trained you know police officer, like an assassin. Honestly, yeah. of all the detectives in this story, it's a tie between him and Sasayama for the the coolest. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I mean, Kaju, I mean, I, this should be Kajuwara's story, really. It really should be, yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine Osawa's story with Kajuwara not there. It can't, it would be the most, bo he, like, he, I'm not kidding, like, he's carrying it. Like, yeah. you know, I could just care less about T Tanaka and uh, Boss Face, whatever that guy's name is, you know. Mark, like, you know, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But also keep in mind that if it was, you know, if he had his own TV series, he would watch that TV show. So, like, yeah, he's definitely somebody that would, would carry this. He's getting his own manga, apparently. <laughs> so, um, Detective Banana asks, um, what, where he's going, and you have a few options here, but it doesn't really matter. You can choose any of them. And then he gives you one of those listening device trackers that we saw in the last chapter that, um... Um, Minorikawa head. Yeah, Minorikawa head. He says, bullshit, I don't need this. Give me the rubber duck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Sawa so, uh, eventually takes it, but b before that, he throws it on the ground, uh, which is important. 
Uh, and then there's like a really boring sequence with about his meeting with his boss Makino mm-hmm. um, um, basically Makino admits that yeah he took the uh, antiviral samples and he did it because yeah yeah He's immediately like, yeah, you're, you're damn right I ordered the code red not do it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at least then like Tom Cruise goaded it out of him this was just yeah, like <laughs> it really wasn't any pushing yeah yeah, and, and he did it when when they took some samples out to do animal testing. That's why that's how he got the samples. So he didn't even need to get to to go past security and get samples from the lab. Um, but he also says that um, Osawa can't do anything about this if he gives him some tough politics talk about how it's all about money and about how the Hua virus is also uh, in the world being weaponized by some countries. Hmm, what countries could that possibly be that it's being deployed in the Middle East to kill people? Zanzibar. <laughs> it's probably France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so everyone wants the antiviral, both the country who weaponized it and the countries who are being attacked with it. Um, so a lot of money is involved. And Osawa is even just like, I didn't know the Uwe virus could be used with a bomb. And he, he, like, gets excited about this. Yeah, it's like, wait, 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 this thing carries through an explosion? I did great! Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not getting politics, but, like, if they steal the antiviral, can't they just make more? So, this is... It, this is yeah, it, Alright, it, it's kind of BS, but it's also the glass shield theory of, like, politi- politics, where it's like, if you do something defensive for yourself... You are technically committing an offense against someone else because you're saying, now you can't attack me that way, but I could attack you. Like, the the notion is, like, like Star Wars, the satellite defense system, which is bullshit and was never really created, you know, that could shoot down nuclear weapons that Reagan was big on. Even though that's defensive, it's technically offensive because you can say, hey, now you can't shoot nukes at me, but I can shoot them at you and you can't stop that. Oh, okay. So it's like they we've got the virus, so you can't use it against us. It's like we've got the cure, so you can't yeah. infect us with that virus, but we can we can implicitly do it to you. you yeah, know? you've got the possibility of detente. Exa- there you go. Yep. Which is also because like as soon as they use the virus once, then that means that the other countries can get can isolate the virus from the people it got infected so they can use it as a weapon as well. I'll have to remember that. But I mean I think it's kind of silly here in a way cuz I don't know like I feel like the like a cure for that virus would get out. You know, like I don't think it would really work as well as they're making it out to be well, but like they're like uh, implying that oh everybody wants this antiviral and if only one person has it then we can charge whatever we want and if- it's nitpicky not to accept it as a plot device i'm just saying like they said it took years and and tons of money to to develop this antiviral mm-hmm. and it's a very fast acting virus apparently yeah it kills a lot of people in in seconds yeah it's like super ebola yeah yeah also, it is very much a violation of every, almost every single Geneva Convention. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, Makino accuses Osawa that he doesn't really care about ethics, he just cares about being a scientist and just faking it, which sounds true to me. Mm-hmm. The way that Makino, 
he's so like he wields his power like so bluntly like it's very like he's used to this he has no expectation that osawa will do anything other than fall in line he's done this very many times like he's not afraid of admitting anything in front of this guy because he's just like so secure in his power and it was just like it was i you know it's not it's not a scary scene but i can understand why osawa gets scared yeah, Osawa does fall in line immediately. Because yeah. Makina also knows about the, the um, American offer, and he tells him not to not to take it and to call to call them straight away to to refuse the offer, which he does. Um, and that's about it. He he leaves the car and then his um his listening device tracker goes off, and he suspects the the driver, uh, Makina's driver, uh, and gets really shouty at him. Hmm. Uh, but the driver doesn't seem to know what's going on and just um, runs away and gets in the car and drives away they also don't show a picture of the driver's face so I'm wondering if it's going to be important but like the driver actually is they've got a mascot head on too I I, I think they did I think they didn't want to hire another actor so it was probably one of the (laughs) probably (laughs) Um, so then uh, he goes back in the house and I returns um, and doesn't do much. He just tells her that he's not taking the America um, job, the American job, and he goes back into um, his office, I guess. And he's worried about the investigation, uh, the kidnapping investigation. So he looks up how the police does kid- kidnapping investigations at, uh, on the web. <laughs> yeah, he just googles it. How do kidnappings <laughs> yeah. work? It's the most boring thing in the world. Can you imagine having to watch somebody Google something in your action move? Ah! What if he went to WikiHow instead? They did that on American <laughs> Horror Story. I just want to mention. Oh, of course they did. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, they did to look up to look up kidnappings. How to escape a cult? They print out. Uh, a thing. I looked this up on WikiHow, and it's it's an American horror story cult. Anyway, I'm sorry. We can't do it. Yeah, we, no. We start talking about that. It'll never be back on track. Exactly. Yeah. Stay tuned for Slow Beef's other podcast about American <laughs> horror story. <laughs> so the internet tells him that police tend to prioritize um, <laughs> catching the culprit. <laughs> they prioritize catching the culprit over saving the um, the, the, the kid, the, the kidnapping um, victim. So he gets really stressed, and the only thing that uh, that um, that can help him is going to the Ayaka Kamiko website, his favorite J-pop singer. Which always relieves my tensions is when I start engaging in forum debates. It's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I can't shake this image of Osawa just going to the worst internet places and just like <laughs> earnestly asking for advice, like. You know, Yahoo Answers, my daughter's been kidnapped, what do I do? And just getting the most terrible advice he could get. I'm looking right now to see if anyone asked that on Yahoo Answers. Well, these three guys on a podcast responded, but I don't know if they were completely serious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, you will not believe how many many questions there are that says my daughter was kidnapped? (laughs) I can't believe it. With a question mark. What he writes on the forum is that he creates a topic about how um, this J-pop singer should go to America and use the better recording studios. Because he's sad that he doesn't get to go to America. Yes. Aww. 
And he's like wistful. It's like, I hope she gets to go to America and her career takes off. Yeah, and and then the um, uh, listening uh, device tracker starts going off again. And this is where we can get his single bad ending this this chapter. Uh, And that is um, on Kano's um, timeline. You choose to call Detective Banana at this point. (laughs) Uh, So he's busy on the phone. Uh, If you do that, then um, Osawa gets crazy trying to find the the listening devices. Uh, Basically wrecks the room and then just loses it and you get a bad ending. And this is the second bad ending where Osawa loses his mind over a minor annoyance. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But if Detective Banana is not on the phone at this point, then he comes in and tells Osawa that actually his listening device is broken because he threw it on the ground earlier. So rude. Uh, and then he does that thing again when he, he says he has some bad news <laughs> and tells us how to keep, to keep calm uh, and the bad news this time is that he doesn't have enough bentos enough uh, <laughs> box lunches well he ate them he ate and he's two like, and they were lunches delicious. in addition to his own lunch it made me hungry I was like I won't get a bento box man. <laughs> the pork was so tender and the batter so crisp and then we go to the best sequence in this chapter for Sawa. <laughs> it suddenly yeah. turns is... into cooking with Kakuara. Yeah, yeah Sawa and Detective Banana in the kitchen cooking. Um, so good. Yeah, so Sawa is getting hungry in his food. And turns out he, he, he can't do anything on his own. He can't. I, and I love that. I love that he's this viral scientist and can splice genomes or whatever. But he doesn't know how to operate a microwave. He's basically and he a child. Yeah. yeah, and, he, and he's, wh- he's whiny about it too. He's like, don't make me do this. I can't work this stuff. Yeah, you, you, you didn't tell me I have to put the food in, inside before I turn the microphone, the, the, the microwave on. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Sad. But like, yeah, I, I have to admit, I can totally see it. You know what I mean? It's it doesn't it rings absolutely true to me. <laughs> so, well, I've seen your cooking shows, so so yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's why. There you go. He's not listening on purpose for the, for the comedic value, of course. Always. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> Look, I, can, I know. I know to put a freaking thing in a microwave. I mean, that part. Come on now. Yeah, that's pretty disgusting. Like, I mean, it makes sense for Osawa, but yeah, it was just like, ugh. Any amount of pity I had for this guy has evaporated. You had pity. His daughter got kidnapped. In the way that Mr. T p- pities people, you know, <laughs> not in like a good way. <laughs> so, oh, I, I want to ask because I didn't have time to read um, English uh, for this chapter. Did they do anything with uh, the, uh, the the sound the microwave, the, the microwave makes? They explain that uh, Kajiwara refers to it as a dinger, and uh, and oh, yeah. Osawa like doesn't know what he's talking about by calling the microwave a dinger. Yeah, so. In, in Japanese, um, a very common way. So the, the, the microwaves uh, make a chin sound when they when they're done. So it became a verb. Uh, if a you want to microwave, sound? Sa- chin. Chin. Yeah. So it's it's the Japanese ding. Okay. Chin. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. Chin. So it became a verb in Japan. So if you want to say you're going to microwave something, you're going you're saying you're going to chin it. And it's a very common verb. People use this. You know, yeah, it's like, is it like nuking? 
Yeah, it's like nuking. Right. Because of the nuclear explosion sound, my, uh, American microwave. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's what Asawa doesn't know in Japanese. And then there's a little um, uh, tip there that uh, says that the, um, the game's writer's microwave makes more of a P sound than a ding sound. <laughs> but but the, but 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 they didn't change. Uh, but in in his house they still don't call it uh, like ping. <laughs> in English, it talks about how uh, really a microwave makes a beep sound. But if you called it a beeper, that would be something else. Mm. Yeah. So I think the joke is better in Japanese. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. We. Um. Okay. What next? So, um, Dexy Banana actually turns out to be a pretty good cook. I love how he has he has Asawa help him, and then he's like gives up, and he just has him sit down. He gives him some bubble wrap to pop to help him calm down. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't calm him down. No, <laughs> nothing calms him down. <laughs> he still pops the bubble, so. Uh, so what did they call the dish? Um, Detective Banana makes in English. It's just isn't it just like eggs over pickled vegetables and rice? And medamayakidon. Uh, yeah, we don't call it anything. It's it's, yeah. it's not like it's just eggs over rice and like vegetables. Yeah, so it's a donburi. So it's, it's a don. It's like um, gyudon. Yeah. Uh, everything that's in a bowl over rice is a don. My nuts, like you don't microwave an egg like that, though, right? Like, or you shouldn't. And my, I don't think he microwaved away the, the egg. He he made the egg separately. Oh, okay. The, yeah, the microwave the rice. The rice. Yeah. Got it. So that we can make this at home by following the recipe. Yeah, and, and Osawa loves it, and, and this is very much something a, a kid mm. would like. The kind of food a Japanese kid would really like. Uh, yeah. Is this going to be another hate plus thing where we all make pickled vegetables and rice for <laughs> Osawa? <laughs> it's a not. lot easier. It's not going to be that. I not refuse. even a microwave ba- banana? Uh, he, he still doesn't want a banana for dessert, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Now, now we're going back to to Steins Gate. Uh. Um yeah, and doesn't want to do the dishes, even though Banana tells him to. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tanaka comes in and Tanaka wants to show him um an email he got from Itomi where um Tommy mailed him during Achi's chapter that she's looking for, for a blue van. Um, but he also does something very suspicious here, and that he also says he has no idea where she is, and he asks if Osawa knows anywhere she might be. Even though in, mm-hmm. I think in Achi's, in, in Achi's chapter, she specifically says that she emails him her location. Yeah. Yeah, and he tells her to stay put. She tells him that she's in... Yeah, they're in that um, storeroom. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That makes Tanaka very suspicious to me. And then... And then... Yeah, and after he leaves, uh, Detective Banana reveals that his listening device tracker went off, so it means that Tanaka has a listening devi- device on it on him. Mm-hmm. And that's where the chapter ends, to be continued. Gotcha. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Who's, who's up next? Your pick, Divac, your narrator. Come on. Um, let's hear from Achi. Okay, so... 
So we open up. Uh, so we've got the uh, the guy with the gun with the cane who knows um, he's Ati's name's uh, pointing it at him and Hitomi, and um, then that that one member of the kidnappers uh, with the uh, with like the, the floppy hair hits the guy from behind with a lead pipe. Yeah, Tariq. Yeah, Tariq. And and since Ati's stupid, he thinks the guy's helping him, so he goes. He's like. Hey, well, thanks for the assist guy who literally just tried to kidnap this person before. And, of course, the guy swings the pipe at him. <laughs> and we get, you know, the typical, uh, oh, all right, I guess I'll let my fist do the talking for Mati. And he um, cracks the guy and puts him down with one punch. But, you know, it doesn't follow through like he never does on things. <laughs> <laughs> Ice called right out of the... Right out of the hopper for Archie. It's true, though. And then instead of, like, like he uh, takes a second to evaluate the situation while the guy is down. And, of course, in his hesitation, the guy pulls a gun on him. And now Archie's behind the eight ball. And luckily, uh, up pops guy with the cane who knocks the gun away. And then, you know, uh, kidnapper and cane guy both grapple off as uh, Archie and Hitomi flee. Um, and, uh... And of course, because I don't know what goes through their mind. Every so often they need a break, and so they sit morosely in a, in a children's park. I feel like every <laughs> chapter of Achi's has been exactly the same. It's always the same. It's always yeah. them sitting down for a second and be like, I guess they're not going to find us now. Oh, darn it. They've caught us again. <laughs> this particular one where they're, they're sitting dramatically on a seesaw facing opposite directions from each other is just so precious. Perfectly balanced. It's the most one tree hill looking shot you could have got. <laughs> I think the director saw that seesaw and decided that they need to do something with it. Absolutely. God. So, um, uh, so anyway, they, they take a park and then of course in this sort of dramatic shot moment it, it, uh, Achi has one, another one of his, his uh, I wonder if she still likes me moments um, but then of course in five seconds later the, the friggin kidnapper guy shows up again uh, but this time he's brought his assistant which looks like young Pat Oswalt behind him <laughs> <laughs> chasing these two morons out and they flee which leads directly to a keep out um, that's. I have to say, that's so great because in my notes I wrote, now he's got another boring white guy with him. It's true. <laughs> they, they got a whole damn blue van of them. <laughs> is it just me or is he the main the main white guy look like um David Tennant? <laughs> a little bit. He's got oh, a little Tennant the, to him. Yeah. So do we just want to plug? Yeah, the Tariq guy. He has like a little yeah. like, David Tennant on a bender. Yeah, a little older, or sorry, a little younger, and then just crazy eyes. Yeah. Uh, so we just want to power through these, or do we want to swap back and forth get the keep out? I'll just keep going. Totally through, cool. So, um, so after we have that little interlude there, uh, we we find them that that uh, they are dashing through that that while Hitomi and Achi are, are fleeing from these two kidnappers, that they rush through the street fight, uh, which we will uh, encounter later. Um. And they get to an intersection where they are. They know that the people are chasing behind them, but the cars are absolutely packed. And so Achi's brilliant idea is we can make it. And so he sets off, which immediately triggers like a, a almost like a comic movie scene where all the cars smash into each other. They luckily don't get hit, but it causes a massive traffic jam. So if you choose not to do that, by the way, they still get away, but it causes a bad ending for um, Kano. Kano, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so 
that's where we get like there's a possible jump there. Um, but finally, they make it through, and it seems like the massive traffic jam has trapped the kidnappers on the other side of the intersection. Um, and we get another one of Achi's uh, Biff Tannen sayings, where he mixes up idle feet with the devil's playthings, and those are always fun. Uh, so we get, so they end up, and they they go to the really the first place they see, which turns out to be a um, a theater. Uh, the storeroom in a theater. They see like a bunch of flyers out front, and they sneak into the storeroom. It's the same theater that Minorikawa is going to visit later, and that has that um... the broken dry ice machine. Yeah, yep. <laughs> which, which they might have just said it's a plot point that it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a choice here to to back out uh, the door, or sit tight, and you, you know the proper choice here is to sit tight. And of course, the kidnapper guy shows up immediately and decides to make his presence as possibly as obvious as, as you could by putting his hands on the door and then smooshing his face against it. Because it's a glass, <laughs> it's a glass like, frosted window to be like, guess what, kiddies, I'm here. <laughs> and, uh, and basically, luckily, they are bailed out uh, in this obvious situation where he's going to catch him uh, because there's no other exit. They are trapped. And uh, by two, like, people who work at the theaters showing up and being like, uh, can we help you, sir? And I guess that's enough to scare the guy off because he leaves. And uh, the kidnappers decide to, uh, they, they try to, uh, oh, sorry. So the, kidna- the kidnapper leaves uh, and they hear these guys talking in which one of them keeps coughing a lot and, and mentions the dry ice machine, I think, at this point. That that why hey I don't understand why it's still sucking power and why we can't really breathe well in this room. <laughs> the entire like mini story is in tips about uh, all those side characters. Yeah, they like yeah. every time you click on it, it is a full page worth of text, <laughs> which you know may come in handy later. Um, but anyway, those two guys leave and they just kind of sit around and talk uh, and decide you know what what they're going to do next. Um, and Achi finally figures out that the kidnappers are also trying to get Hitomi. Like, it, he goes through, he has, like, a moment where he, like, finally fucking puts two and two together. And is like, oh, they wanted her to go to the van so they could kidnap her, too. Well, the best part about this is, like, they're like, she gives, to, it comes to a choice in Axe. You, you get to choose to be like, oh, is he really stupid or just kind of stupid? <laughs> the really stupid answer is really good. Yeah. And it's, so it's just like, well, I don't know. Maybe what, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, they're just going to keep kidnapping each other and giving ransoms. And then you get infinite money. Well, as I like to call it, it's the pers- uh, perpetual sister kidnapping machine that he invented. <laughs> <laughs> Which you told me points out is a really dumb idea. <laughs> And, and just basically the, the point is is that she initially thought that her sister was in there by herself because that's why she would have to go get it. Otherwise, they would just release her. Obviously, she's not in there by herself. The van keeps driving away. Um, but anyway, they, they realize that they are actually trying to kid. These people are trying to get Hitomi for a reason. Um, and, then, and then they realize that, you know, maybe the wrong sister was kidnapped, to which Achi immediately responds, wait, they want, did they want the hotter one? Um, and so the the guys who, as they are having this little moment of sort of, uh, you know, Achi being stupid and Hitomi, you know, just dealing and laughing at him, uh, the guys who work for the theater company show up and remember to lock the storage room door. Uh, so they are stuck, and they have to reach out for help. Uh, Achi tries um, 
his friend Susumo, Susumu, who, uh, not for his friend, his former uh, running buddy in the gang who took over and who he has beef with now. Uh, Susumo is like, you, you got balls to call me, and then hangs up on him. Um, <laughs> like that, but in a 12 year old voice or whatever, like 17 year old boy voice. Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's so, it's so dramatic of the gangs of, of Shibuya that. Uh, the studs of Shibuya. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so at this point, uh, Hitomi reaches out to Tanaka, and there's a bad ending here if Tanaka isn't able to respond on Asawa's route. Um, basically, yeah, if, if you're in the kitchen and and you have you have options who you're going to have to cook for you, yeah, and one of them is Tanaka. And That's right. If you do that, then so if Tanaka's cooking for you, he doesn't respond uh, to Tomi's email. So. Uh, Achi uh, kicks his way out, and Kane Guy is literally, literally there just waiting for him, and he just cracks him in the head, and you get a bad ending. Um, but if he does reply, he basically, like, of course, Achi gets this, another this uh, moment of, of uh, jealousy whenever Tanaka's involved, and the choice you get is, like, okay, what does he have to say or ignore it, uh, which, you know, any reasonable person would actually wonder what the guy has to say. Um, and he, he tells him to, uh, to wait there instead of letting them out. Um, and you know, Achi's just is like, fine, fine, whatever. I guess we'll just wait here for your boyfriend to show up and unlock us. Uh, God, I can't deal with how everybody thinks that they're dating, and that's just going to keep being the joke until the plot is resolved. Yeah, yeah. This is just the way it's going to be, uh, and including when like you're in this super high stress environment, a high stress environment. But apparently, it's like every like romantic comedy where oh, we're going to have a will they, won't they, while people are trying to kill you. Because, of course, that would be the first thing on your mind. Right. But uh, anyway, the uh, so they just end up sitting there waiting. And after 20 minutes, they sort of run out of things to say. So Tomi asks him if he'll ever be friends with uh, Susumu again. And you get a flashback to, like, the most overly dramatic 16-year-olds, you know, having a moment uh, scene of Susumu being like, remember that one time when you said that every man gets one life, one request in life that has to be granted? He's like, not really. And he's like, that's the heaviest thing you ever said, man. So this is what I'm doing. I'm on my knees. I'm begging. Stay with the gang. You you can't leave. And Achi just turns around. And as he is weeping tears, he pretends that, no, I hate all of you. You're pathetic. And I'm going to leave. And they're and just so they'll all unite in anger against him, but, you know, remain a, a gang. And, okay, you know, so that's... It's like... It's like when a wild animal's following you and it thinks you're its new, like, you know, owner or whatever. <laughs> I said, it's get. really mean. Just get! <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Sparky! I hate you! You know, yeah, you throw the rock, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those moments, but, uh, you know, he kind of he kind of expresses his Zumo, and he's like, I don't know if uh, I can ever go back to them again. Uh, well, Suzune needs a heart transplant. And it's so tricky because it has to be done in four hours. And also, she has Bombay, Bombay blood. And Somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'll give them a little bit of credit for doing that rare blood type trope, which always kills me. But at least this time, they're like, wait, no, here it's a thing. And I didn't even look if it really <laughs> is a thing. But So, it is a thing. I did look in Wikipedia. And it's a real thing. And then it has that... Um, Use uses in in uh, popular media section, yeah, and most of which is anime. 
Yeah. <laughs> of course. Because the Japanese had a blend type and they put none of the stories. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tro- it's a trope in a lot of things, and it's usually like organ donation stuff where it's like you need to find a match. Oh, it's that person who hates you or your father who you never knew or blah blah blah. You know that kind of thing. Like, it's not enough just to have an organ transplant, right? Like, that's not hard enough as it is. It also has to be doubly hard because you have a rare blood type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they just keep stacking stuff on top of each other to make it as tragic as possible. And then Hitomi has... Well, we don't know yet. So there's only a dozen... uh, There's like a couple dozen people in Japan with that blood type. And it's so rare. And of course, she asks him, What would you do if you found a person who was a donor? And his answer is anything. And boy, was that pretty heavy with the foreshadowing. (laughs) I don't think Achi realizes that that means killing someone. I think he's too stupid to realize what she was asking. Like, then she'll be like, Auntie, what if I had it? Goes, well, that'd be something. Like, what if I had that heart transplant and you could use it to save your sister? Right now. Right this moment, Auntie. Right. I mean, anything. And by anything, I mean, you know, run around a lot. <laughs> I guess I'd ask you nicely. He also conveniently doesn't tell her about the rare blood type thing. <laughs> Bombay blood. My sister needs a heart transplant. Bombay blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's really this is younger, fitter Homer. Oh my god! <laughs> it is though. It is absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know what it is? It's like Homer when he didn't lose his hair. <laughs> yeah, and he cared about the environment. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so anyway, so... Uh, it, it doesn't make more sense now about how the man with the cane told him that killing Itomi would help him. Well, it makes sense to everybody except Achi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, at this point, uh, if you get another bad end if Tama takes off the suit the first opportunity she has. That's one of the best bad endings in the chapter. So. Oh my god, it is disturbing as fuck because basically the assassin shows up and now... We don't need to ask too many questions, but let's just describe the scene. The assassin shows up in a in the cat suit, uh, in which um, you're not too worried at first, and then you see that the person has a bloody paw and a bloody mouth. <laughs> yes. Well, the first you see the bloody paw with the keys, then you realize it's the assassin, and then you turn. There's like this slow framing of the shot, which is like you know light behind and bloody mouth for no reason. It's so funny. It's so great, and then then suddenly just has a gun. Sorry, I got a nosebleed in here. Anyways, hands up. Yeah. Like, did did the assassin eat someone on the way in? Like, how did that work? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, like, and then the assassin kills you if if uh, if this had gone wrong. Uh, but anyway, if, if if this doesn't happen, then um, uh, what happens is that someone shows up and opens the door. It's the man with the cane. Uh, you have a choice to make a run for it or, or wait and stay safe. The correct option is to, to wait and stay safe. The um, the the guy with the um, with the cane gets a phone call, and it seems that someone else is is telling him where they are, which immediately begs the question of hmm, are they tracking them with a with uh, a tracking device or are they using many many cameras? Um, but of course. Uh, so they, they, they sneak out while he's getting distracted by this phone call and immediately run into another kidnapper with a knife. Um, 
And Achi gets ready to fight because he's going to do this, his old trick of, uh, you know, knocking the weapon away with one hand and, and one punching them. But uh, suddenly, as the game called it, a small statured woman with Middle Eastern features <laughs> drops down from above and uh, just chops. The, the word they use is chop in the translation. So I, I guess like judo chop from Austin Powers, <laughs> knocking the guy out cold. And Hitomi is shocked and says, Kanan? And then we hit our to be continued. Oh, I thought it was Canaan. It could be Canaan. Because isn't the town of Canaan spelled like that? Is, that? is that Canaan from it? Okay, there we go. Then it's Canaan. I think it's, it's, it's Canaan in Japanese, so but that doesn't mean anything. Oh. It's Canaan. I was... <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have to ask, does that name mean anything to anyone? Canaan? It's biblical, but I don't remember For, how. Yeah, the, the biblical Canaan was... Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean a specific thing. Uh, oh no! No, no. Okay. Uh, well, they talked about uh, the like, but it was Osawa took Maria to the Middle East because she was interested in it, or something like that. That's the only way I could think that they would have like a connection to to any kind of people from from that vague area of the world. The Middle East. No, I'm asking just because of the specific Japanese or the or, or Japanese work that also has Canaan. And oh. it has some connections to this game, so... Uh, if, but if you don't know it, then it's okay. Are you going to tell us, or is it like a spoiler or something? Um, no, it's not a spoiler. I mean, there's an anime series called Kanan, which is a sequel to this game. Oh, yeah. From, from about ten years ago, when, when this game came out. And I think it's better if you don't know... If, if, you, if, you, know, if you knew the anime, the anime series, it's probably better if you didn't know that it was a sequel to the game before playing the game. Gotcha. Because it's about, I'm not saying it was me, a Middle Eastern girl. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I do remember that this was a sequel to that. Who's next? I guess we can go over to Thomas since she featured in this part. You want you want to tell us about the best the best route of the chapter? Yeah, honestly. Um, so, Tama is kind of a bad place to start because both of her endings, like one choice, you just get a bad ending. Which, um, she's out with all the broken burning hammers, and she's trying to figure out what she needs to do. Um, the demo's about to start, and it's all broken. And you can get the choice of, um, sell something else, or still try to sell burning hammer. Which, if you choose, uh, sell something else, uh, there's the luck stone, which we, she, uh, wished upon to, you know, give her a miracle. And of course, she throws it away in anger because, you know, this obviously isn't any kind of luck at all. Um, but then she thinks, I can sell the Miracle Stones. And they try to sell the Miracle Stones, and they're a big hit. Everyone wants them. Um, there's like a picture of the, you know, all the middle aged housewives with their lucky stones. You know, they'll make you happy. And after that's a hit. I think Tama gets promoted to the CEO of some kind of company. She she goes into business with Chiri and... Um, yeah. And Nagashida. Yeah, Nagashida. Yeah, they all go into business and they're like flying to Africa so they can go get African Miracle Mud, which <laughs> is their next project. And, you know, the game goes into all this detail about how happy Tama is and how her life is starting now and everything's great for her. But too bad, that's not her actual ending. So she doesn't get to be happy. And in another bad ending for another character, you can see how, how they actually sell those um, luck stones. 
Mm-hmm. Which is very funny. God, was so funny. Right. So, of course, the real answer is to try to sell the burning hammer. Uh, and she notices the mark on the boxes and remembers someone saying, maybe even herself saying, that this is like something you would get at a 100 yen store. So she figures she'll check the knickknack shop to see if maybe it's there. And lo and behold, there are four big boxes of Burning Hammer. And she remembers she sold boxes there when she looked at the necklace. Right. That's why she goes there. Yeah. So, apparently, Yanagishida got ripped off in this deal since he could have just got it at the at the knickknack shop. Yeah, jeez. I don't know how much he spent, but it was like, I don't know, some ridiculous amount. I'm getting the feeling Yanagishida's not a good business guy. No. <laughs> No, he's just running into some bad luck. <laughs> but, um... Tama goes to the knickknack shop and she begs the shopkeeper, who is the recycling guy in, like, the jumpsuit. Looks like a, looks like a cartoon character. Yeah. Um, and he can't sell her the stuff because someone else has already reserved it. So... You've got a couple choices here. Or actually, no, there, there's no choice here. If you um, haven't done a certain keep out, you know, you can't leave the store without that burning hammer. Everything is riding on this. So she points behind the guy and says, look, there's the chupacabra and it works. And she <laughs> yoinks the stuff and runs out with it. But um, she knocks over a can of gasoline on the way, which leaks over into somebody's <laughs> discarded cigarette, which blows up the store and now Tama is a wanted fugitive fleeing the country. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was a good one. It was pretty good. So until you start clearing keepouts, either Tama is completely happy or she is a fugitive. So there's no middle ground there. Right. <laughs> now, if you do the other thing, however, now Tama has some choice. Right. So... There is something that someone needs to do, um, because the only reason that it got this way was because the person who wanted to get the stuff was not there. So, if she is there, you run into Miku, who is the champion fighter of a cosplay bar. And, um, Tama challenges Miku for the Burning Hammer. And one of the things you can do is, uh... There's three things. I didn't do all of them. I did. But you can do rock, paper, scissors for it, which I figure, okay, that's probably it. And uh, you lose. You throw paper. Miku throws scissors. So she only throws paper? She only throws paper. And, of course, it goes into this thing. It's like best two out of three. No, best three out of five. Okay, that was a practice round. And they're at this for, like, half an hour. And she only throws paper and, and Miku only throws scissors. Yeah. 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 Because she thinks thinking, like, she keeps thinking, I'll do, like, reverse psychology, reverse, reverse psychology. Like, this time she won't pick scissors. Like, she won't expect me to do paper this many times in a row. But it keeps failing her. And she's just like, I'm the worst at rock, paper, scissors. It's very and- Bill and Ted's too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so, you can lose the burning hammer that way. And, of course, you're dejected now and you're, you know... You kind of trudge your way to the demo event, which of course didn't happen because the product wasn't there. But you see that it's all torn up 
and it looks like there was a riot and Minoru Kawe's there and he's all beat up and looks up at Tama and is like, Ah, oh, death, have you come to take me? And uh, he's out of it and he's like, Okay, I'll go, but you have to beat me to challenge first. <laughs> and he, the challenge is rock, paper, scissors. And I like that Tama is, of course, worried about this, but the moment Minoru Kawa challenges her to rock, paper, scissors... She's still got that competitive, like, edge on her, and she wants to see if maybe she can win this time. So she's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And, of course, she throws paper. And Minurakawa tries to throw rock, but his knuckles and hand are all beaten, and he can't do it properly. So he winds... It's just the first two fingers on his hand are the ones that are working. So he tries to throw... Um, Rock, but he looks like he's... Yeah, he looks like he's throwing scissors. Yeah, in, in, in this ending, we don't know that that's what he's trying to do. We have to go to his ending. Right. Yeah, it, looks, it looks like halfway between a rock and a scissors. And Tama assumes scissors and is like, I am just the worst. The bad ending is, I am terrible at rock, <laughs> paper, scissors. It's so good. <laughs> uh, but... Oh, oh, yeah, and the bad ending there is named uh, Rochambeau. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that got a laugh out of me. Uh. So, the actual correct answer is a straight-up fight. For the record, there's a rhyming game one, which is a very quick joke where she's trying to rhyme words, but, um... So, yeah. I, I, I didn't see this both in English and Japanese. This is a much better joke in Japanese. Okay. Um, it's, um, a shiritori, if you know what, it, what that is. It, it appears a lot in anime. I imagined. Is that the thing where where you have to, to I was going to gonna... Yeah, you, you have to say something and then the next person have to say something that starts with the last syllable of the last thing said? Oh. It's a very popular like Yeah, yeah, um, I've heard them before. Yeah. Party game in Japan. Uh, it doesn't work in English and the joke is that um Tama really wants to play it, and she does her best, and Miku doesn't even try. She just coincidentally says things that start with the last syllable Tama says. Oh, yeah. And then Tama loses immediately, because the way you lose this game is if you say something that ends with, with N, which is the only, like, non-open syllable you can have in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tama, like, after three rounds, just does it and, and loses and then they go to the fight, to do the actual fight. Yeah, he's just, she's just like, forget it, let's just have a fight. But it, it, it's funny in Japanese, it's not really funny in English, the way they translated it. It isn't funny in English at all. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Because in English, it's just like, you have to kind of rhyme, and your first word has to rhyme with the last word of what they say, and then you have like a sentence and stuff. And Miku doesn't kind of even realize that they're yes. playing, but she's saying things that are rhy- consistently rhyming, but says the word scissors, which Tama can't rhyme. And then it's just like, yeah, forget it. Let's just But it, it feels Sorry. very forced. You know, it's like one of those things where, like, we yeah. don't know how to do this in English, so we'll just do it like a half-assed version. But which, you know, I don't know if there's a good way to do it. Well, you know, what they could have done is just had a rap battle. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take long to write. <laughs> Not if Tama loses immediately. Like, you know, you just gotta just gotta have Miku drop a few a few drop cool a few bars. Raps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing was that, it, uh, yeah, she does lose, so you could have done literally anything that would have been better than whatever they did, but, you know, whatever. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, the joke is that Miku wins without even trying, without even knowing she's yeah. playing. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's really clear in English because the rhymes are bad and says entire sentence, but only the first word is the rhyme. Yeah. And it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. So they go to the street fight and, you know, they, they step outside and Miku's got her boxing gloves on. Uh, did she, did she, I don't know if she says it quite in, but uh, she's like an MMA fighter. This isn't like. Yeah, she's like a champion level fighter at like a cosplay bar. But yeah. She's like a professional fighter. We can go into uh, we can go into how she got into fighting in Minori Kawa's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the point I'm just trying to make is it's it's not like one of those like sexy fight kind of things, you know. Like she's supposed to be like an actual fighter, you know. Well, it's it's kind of unclear because there's like a flyer she gives out where it's like an octagon ring where anything goes. But also, guys can just go there and drink and look at the fights. So it's like I guess no, yeah. And I'm I'm uh, my point though is that like it's not Miku actually knows how to yeah. fight is the point I'm trying to get across. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's it. So yeah, we have Miku, the actual fighter, versus Tama, the girl in a cat outfit. Yes, and they're out on the streets and drawing a crowd. And I have in my notes, Tama is a great warrior. Because <laughs> it, it seems like this is the one thing that she's good at. Where yeah. um, Miku kind of tries to throw a punch at her and it, she kind of... <laughs> like there's cartoon sounds and everything, but she just kind of lets it glance off her. And then she tries a kick and, you know, the mascot head cushions it. And then she like grabs her foot and walks her back and makes her off balance. And it's supposed to be this thing like, wow, Tama's super strong. So Miku just kind of is defeated and is looking up at her and she's like, who are you? And Tama's like, as you can see, I am a cat. That's so good. Yeah. So she, uh, Miku goes through this thing where it's like, well, I guess I have to retire now. I guess I'm not, not as good at fighting as I thought. And, uh, I don't know if Tama really has anything to say to that. Yeah, wow. I was disappointed in Miku for that. I feel like that, you know, just because you've been bested in battle doesn't mean you have to get give up fighting forever. Well, to be fair, you got bested by someone wearing a big mascot outfit. Yeah, but this is just time to go into the hyperbolic time chamber and train. This is just your rivalry starting. Yeah, it's time for her to become a mascot fighter now. She's going <laughs> to go get her own suit. I think this is kind of like parodying like that street fighter trope, you know, of like, I finally found someone who invested me. Now my my search is over or what? You know what I mean? That kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Ryu just doesn't do anything but fight people. You know, like he has no breaks or vacations. It's just like, that's just my job, whatever. You know, that kind of thing. That's yeah. But that said, it is disappointing, especially because she doesn't realize like the cosplay armor is like 90 percent of this. But whatever. <laughs> cosplay mascot. So, Tama wins the burning hammer, and uh, she actually goes to pay for it, but the shopkeeper was just like, nah, I take it. You know, after that display, you're good to go. I just got off. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned something about myself. Yeah, (laughs) something's become awakened inside of me. I know where I must go, and he goes to some subreddit. Thank you, Tama. God bless you. Um, anyway, they do this POV shot where it's, like, the guy pointing at, like, the camera, and he's like, you can use this dolly to take the burning hammer there. It's like, 
it's like he's pointing at me. He's like, am I the dolly? Am I the new character? But, um, she loads up the dolly and she's running to make it to the, to the demo. And she makes it just in time to meet up with her boss, who's talking to Minorikawa. And he spirits her away to the back and is like, okay, we've got our product. So, um, Chiri, you go out there and, um, or actually, no, they, uh... Chiri's already out there doing magic tricks, meaning drinking giant jugs of orange juice. Yeah. Chiri's great magic trick of eating a lot of food. Really cool. <laughs> so... I, to be totally fair, I think the orange juice was pretty funny. Like, it didn't, like, read to me as, like, a fat joke necessarily, you know? Like, it was just well, sort of random and odd. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not until it's later revealed that she actually drank it all. Ah, uh, so, alright. They go into the back. There's this short little scene where the service guy from the mascot suit place comes. That's the name of the place, by the way. The mascot suit place. Yeah, the other great buck story, though. Yeah, the backstory that he hates his dad for being a furry. <laughs> uh, ever since I was young, my dad was so disappointed. But um, he can't get the mascot suit undone because the zipper's, you know, jammed. So I don't know why they brought him in just to reinforce that. Chiri offers to go out and do more animal impressions in order to stall for time because Yanagashita wanted Tama out there out of the mascot suit. As, like, a model. Um, and apparently, Chiri's animal impressions are all, um, limited to aquatic mammals. And I don't know if that's just another joke, but, you know, that's what it is. Um, so Chitama goes out there and starts hawking the product, and it's like, it's amazing, just one drink a day, and you'll lose one kilogram or however much it is. And um, Chiri comes out, and she's supposed to drink it and get all sweaty to show that, you know, it burns and the product works. But when she comes out, she's already sweaty. And it's because she drank so much orange juice. You ever get those orange juice sweats? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I guess from, like, what, like, three gallons of it, you know? Yeah, to be fair, that's probably way more acid than your stomach can handle, so it wouldn't be surprising that bad things are happening. I mean, we're laughing, but Shiri needs medical attention. <laughs> yeah, honestly. That's, like, really close to H2O poisoning, never mind the fact that she's also... Yeah, like, there is water in there that's too much to take in. <laughs> oh, Shiri. So she wipes the sweat off and then drinks the product, but doesn't sweat. And, um, I don't know if that signifies anything, or maybe it's because she drank all the orange juice, but the crowd doesn't like it because it looks like the product doesn't work. And uh, they get into an argument, Tama and Chiri do, and it slips out that, um, you know, Tama was taking too long at the 100 yen shop, and the crowd hears this and they realize that this product that they're selling for, I don't know how much yen, like 10 times the amount, is coming from a 100 yen shop. And I don't know what the correct choice here is, or if I just, if, if any of the choices matter, but you're as Tama, you can try and smooth things over. And not, not not ten times, try a thousand times. Well, yeah, that's that just illustrates the point further. It's like fifteen thousand yen for the, each bottle or some shit. Because he bought it for thirty three thousand, thirty three hundred. I think they wanted 
Yeah, 15,000 yen for it. <laughs> God. But one of the choices you can make is you can just say hunk of lamb chop, which I didn't realize what that was supposed to be, so I just picked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did too. And I realized afterwards, oh, it sounds like 100 yen shop. Yeah. And she's like, well, no, what she actually said was hunk of lamb chop, which is, uh, it makes you feel like you ate a full meal or something. And this vicious crowd of middle-aged women just goes nuts. Like, so, they're... Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask Aaron, like, um, so, I'm, what is this in Japanese? I don't remember the exact thing, but it's the same kind of pan. Something that okay. sounds like 100 yen shop. I don't remember the exact one. Yep. So we get these shots of the... Uh, they're like zombies, honestly. Like the way they attack everything. It's very stop motion where they're just like... Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, there they are. These, just these middle-aged women with like the far side glasses on are just tearing shit up and punching. You know, they're punching Cherry, they're punching Anagashita, they're punching Tama, and there's like a picture where it's like there's people like grabbing her head, but there's also somebody that's just tweaking the whiskers. Like, <laughs> it's like some guy like beating the shit out of somebody and then he goes for like a Three Stooges eye poke. So the rental suit is damaged and um, he's talking to the rental suit guy and he's like, you know what? I can't take it back like this. You're liable for the full price, which is like 200,000 yen. And it's this scene where he's trying to squirm out of it. And he's like, what did you say? That's 200,000 yen. What? I'm sorry, my eardrums ruptured. 200,000 <laughs> yen. Okay, 20,000, fine. You drive a hard bargain. And he's like, no, that's not what I said. And he's like, ah, oh, but I have insurance. And he's like, no, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Okay, where are your papers? And he folds his arms across his chest and he goes, the paperwork is in my heart. With that, <laughs> I laughed out loud on the bus for that one. I did. That was this guy. I love him. Yeah. Yadigashita owns so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the paperwork is in my heart. Also, nobody in this game, with the possible exception of, of Detective Banana, does better job in, in these individual shots of just being a fucking character in like single shots. Like this yeah. guy, everything yeah. he does is just, he captures this incredibly complex, crazy person in a single frame. He does. Like the writing is really cool, but like his physical comedy is really nice. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like this is, the guy's funny, honestly. Um, so, there is a scene later on, I forget, there's a little lapse in my notes here, but um, it's Tama talking to Yanagishida, and he's just completely miserable. Yeah. The costume guy, the costume guy gets mad and leaves, and so they, that's, that's the end of that. He just, he's just like, this isn't worth it, worth it. and he just leaves. Yeah, I'll them. leave it to my boss, and it's like, oh, I guess there's another person that hates my guts. So... Yanagashita's on his knees and just crying and he's on, in despair and nothing's working out. And um, Tama is like, you know, you're not the only person that's been having some bad luck. And she has this kind of like serious talk with her boss about how she has amnesia 
and she can't remember anything from before this morning. And she took the name Tama because um, of the things inside the lunchboxes with with Chiri. Like I, f- I guess it's like Tama go is something. Yeah, she throw the eggs. She throw the eggs. Thanks for Tama Tama go in. And thinking back to it, like she's kind of stuttering and unsure of herself back in that scene. But I just thought it's because she was hungry. And it, <laughs> and it turns out that no, she had amnesia and she was hungry. Bad day. A lot of people are are hungry in this game, mm-hmm. and it's and it, there's going to be a climax where someone drinks the burning hammer while they're hungry, and that saves the day. Well, no, it kills them and gets them a bad ending. <laughs> or maybe that's the objective to get someone else's good ending is to make someone else have a bad ending by dying. Yeah, Tariq's gonna do it, and then that's yeah. how they take him out. Finally, as he drinks the burning hammer and dies. They throw it in his open mouth. Achi does. Yeah. Smile, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, God. I've never made had a game made me hungrier or more wanting of a cigarette than this game. And I don't, I'm not even <laughs> addicted to cigarettes. I'm just like, damn it. I just want a cigarette and I write a bunch of shit. <laughs> okay. So, they're having this heart to heart. And it's almost kind of a genuine thing where after hearing about all these problems that Tama has, Yana Kashida is like, wow, maybe I'm not so unlucky after all. And he's like, pulls out his secret stash where it's like, okay, he had it in his shoe. I love that too, that he just lied to that man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's who he is. He's just a liar and he'll squirm out of everything. But this person who's been there with him through the whole thing, it's like, he's got that loyalty, you know? So he takes out a secret stash from his shoe and pays Tama the 20,000 yen. <laughs> maybe, maybe our real friends were the people we exploited along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, though. Like, I know it's kind of a plot point and it moves the story, but, like, Tama could have bailed, like, at any given time. Throughout this entire thing, after one thing after another went wrong. Well, she had the ketsu done. Yeah, but you can go cut that shit up with scissors. It's not your mascot suit. It's not her suit. Like, what does she give a fuck if the stuff gets ruined? She's not going to get paid either way. I, I give Tama a little bit of leeway because of the, like, amnesia. Because it's also, like, her whole plot point's like, I really want that necklace. I don't even know why I want that necklace, but I really want that necklace. Oh, yeah. Like, he, she explains that she saw it in the knickknack shop where she woke up. Like, she woke up in the storeroom and it's like, I, I, this necklace is connected to me somehow. I have to have it. Is there, like, a worse character motivation if you want to be technical about it than, like, I want to buy something. <laughs> just, I gotta save up. Not even that expensive. I just don't have any money. What do you What do you think's in there? Do you think it's the the antiviral or something? I'll bet it. It's the probably the fucking antiviral. Honestly, it's just in a knickknack shop somewhere for some reason. Yeah, or Asawa. That's how Asawa didn't inject her with it. He gave it to her like that. You know. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Osawa actually didn't invent uh, the antiviral. He actually just is one of those uh, healing crystal bombs. <laughs> the, I mean, the knickknack guy probably just st- like stole it off her when when she got knocked out, right? Like you know, in the process of being kidnapped, it fell off, and he just like found it, put it in his store. Maybe a goose stole it from her and then put it back in the <laughs> knickknack store. Oh. Oh. 
I don't know about a goose returning something to a to a store, but maybe returning something to a store that isn't supposed to be sold there. I could see a goose doing that. Mm. Well, no, she's making Tom. The, she, the goose, I mean, or the goose is making Tama rebuy what's already hers. Yeah. Yeah, yes, that, that sounds that's, plausible. That's what Joko's going for. The goose probably injected the virus, honestly. Oh my god. Let's be honest, the goose probably invented the virus. Yeah, Usawa doesn't figure into it at all. Like, this company's just paying him to do nothing, and it was the goose that did everything. <laughs> oh, did we mention that the reason Yanagashita is in debt is because he spent all his money at Bride watching uh, Miku fight? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so he took out the loan to pay off the debt. Honestly, when I heard about the the, the cosplay wrestling and it's just like a, a lounge where you can have drinks, I'm like, fuck yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, nice. what is what is a better motivation for this character than to pay off a bar debt? Yeah. Yeah, I guess she is so good. Okay, let's wrap this up. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> Because what you can do is you can pass uh, Minorakawa on the way out of the demo, mm-hmm. you know, leaving Yanagashita, and you get this choice where it's like, I'm still in the mascot outfit, or you know, I can take the mascot outfit off now, but either way, you go to the knickknack shop. Mm-hmm. And what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to, from Achi's route, use the word cat tip to jump to Tama. To clear the keep out because that's it, it gives you a keep out there but if you take the head off you can't do that because you're not a cat anymore it only works if you decide not to take the head off if it's a little more helpful and it's not really if you took the cat suit off the assassin can wear it right which will throw off and kill achi so tama needs yeah. to wear it for a little longer to save them I mean, you say that, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns and say, once you take the suit off, you're not a cat anymore. So the jump doesn't work. All right. <laughs> it's you know it's technical. This time rewinding thing. That's fine. Um. So if you decide to stay a cat and go to the knickknack shop, um, you can go there to buy the thing, and the suit is so damaged that the zipper is not stuck anymore, and. I love that it's this dramatic reveal. It's a full motion video where you're bowing to the guy, you know, who's selling you the thing. And the head rolls off, you know, just kind of off in the distance. And she's looking into a mirror dramatically. And I fucking called it. It's, it's the sister. No. Mm-mm. You didn't call shit. Slowbeak was right. I didn't. I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. <laughs> okay. I, f- I figured. No, I was waiting for that moment where I could say Slowbeak was right. And by the way, you circled that for a long fucking time. I'm just gonna mention my friend. But anyway, sorry. Well, this is a dramatic moment. I have to draw it out. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I I, I thought. I think you weren't in the episode of Slow Beef, actually, right at the very beginning of Time of Stories. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so the Maria. <laughs> to be to be fair, it's not. So we were talking over each other a little bit. Uh, who who was Tom again? While I take a sip of my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is Maria. <laughs> what? What? Oh, Couldn't have seen that coming. Shocking. Who could have guessed? But anyway, that's Thomas to be continued. A note to the folks at home. 
uh, in this very special episode where everyone takes notes except for Devious Vacuum. Um, look how long these motherfuckers are taking. Each of them <laughs> yes. wants their own podcast. I swear to God. It's been an hour and 15 minutes. It's taken a while, right? I would... I, that's why I was going to go next uh, and then do a, a funny thing and be fast. So that all the pressure is on Turbo to go as fast as possible. Well, no, no, yeah, now the joke doesn't work. But guess whose fault that was? <laughs> it's you. You've done the keep out on all of us, technically, by not choosing me. Make <laughs> <laughs> joke. Uh, I, I sorry. I had to. Uh, I had to unlock you to make the podcast go faster. Well, anyway, that's my keep out. I'm gonna. Jump to somebody else. Yeah, also about Maria. The, the, the beginning of the next chapter. There's a really cute animation in the character selection screen of Tama taking the costume off. And by the way, yeah. And even if you go to the past now, Tama's name. Uh, and you still have this like open this route. Like Tama's name is now Maria. Like permanently. Uh, bullshit. No, it isn't. It's Tama. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, uh, so. No, it's not. Okay. I'm. <laughs> I refuse. I <laughs> hacked the game. All right. All right, slow beef. Alright, Minorikawa. Before we start, I learned this week that Minorikawa is not an original character for this game. What? 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 Yeah, he was, in an, he was, a, he was a, a minor character in another Toonsoft game before that. And they just oh uh, decided God. to use him. What wow. game? It uh, never came out in English. Also won't come in English because it's, uh, it's a voice-only game with no subtitles, so you can't even fan-translate it. But it's a PS2 game. Um... Considered to be very good. I haven't played it. Hmm. What's it called? Uh, Sanen Bigumi no Kimpachi Sensei. Kimpachi Sensei. Glad I asked. So, so how does a, how does a voice only game work? No, there are it, 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 it's 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 an adventure game, visual novel, but it's very cinematic. So it's just animated scenes with with voices. He's saying it's voice acting. Like all the cutscenes are voice acted, but there's no subtitles. Yeah, and, and there's no text at all. It's just voice. Hey. Look, Minorikawa, all right? It's 1300 o'clock. He's in Center <laughs> Guide. He's sprinting to that Burning Hammer sales demo, right? But then we have a flashback. And he learns that Toyama used to be his, and he says boss, even though he means copy editor, which is not your boss in, as far as I know. Like, I think in newspaper journalism stuff, it's really like an editor, not a copy editor per se. But, you know, whatever. Um, but Toyama used to be a really tough editor called the Red Pen Gatekeeper. All the reporters feared him, but... But Minorikawa would get in his face and say, why won't you publish your, my articles? And so yeah, I'd be like, because this article, it sucks. The whole thing is wrong, which I think makes him a terrible copy editor. Um, and he's like, he said, we want, the, we want your articles to be more neutral, even though he told Minorikawa to be more bold and daring. Uh, but at any rate, Tiyama quit the newspaper to start his own publishing company, but he lost his ideals and principles. And Minorikawa resents Tiyama for this. For, for for cheapening himself to sell his publishing company. Well, anyway, Minoru Coward runs right into a high school girl accidentally as he's sprinting, and she grabs him by the collar. And your choice to this woman who we don't know yet, because uh, this is the first route I picked too, is to apologize or to punch her in the butt. I mean, the game said flank, but that's how I read it. Um, so, of course, I chose that. Uh, she... And then I had my notes, I said, is this the right choice? Excla- question mark, exclamation point. Um, she nearly, so she nearly beats him to death, and it's like animated as she's punching him on the ground. Um, but it turns out she goes, wait a minute, I know you. It's Miku, who we knew from five years ago. 
uh, in middle school, she was a bonsai champion, and Minoru Kawa interviewed her when their, her display was ruined by vandals, and she was vowed to become strong to beat them up. So Minoru Kawa introduces her to a martial arts instructor, and that's how she becomes the MMA fighter that we know in other routes. Um, anyway, she has a flyer. She is she works at, at Ladies MMA Pub Bride, and or a Ladies MMA Pub, which is called Bride, and with the flyer you can get a free drink. And then he goes, well, I'm on my way to a sales demo. And she's like, oh, my God, I'll take you there. And he gets on her back and she runs to the sales demo. So he basically rides her there, which is kind of great. Um, this is leading to a bad end, by the way, but that's fine. We'll keep going. And not for him. Hmm? Not for, for him, him, right. No kink shaming, though. Uh, not for him, for Tama, right. So basically, we're going we're gonna to have to undo this. But it is really funny to see her like run him there. Um, basically what happens is she's the person buying the burning hammer. So if she has this little delay, um, she's not there for Tama to get the burning hammer from anyhow. And that's the whole like Jupacabra thing, but forgetting that. Um, all right. So explaining that then the right choice was to apologize to her, which says she goes, wait a minute, Norikawa, it's Mimiku. And you have that whole introduction again. Whew, okay. Um, basically at, he ends up at the sales demo regardless uh, and he sees the, all these posters thrown together at the last minute. They claim 100% weight loss, and there's a, and he's like, this is really crappily thrown together. Um, there's a lot of female attendees in the demo room. And then, um, now if you did this route first, by the way, Tama appears on stage with the Miracle Stone, and people start to object that it's not Burning Hammer, but Tama kind of like waves it rhythmically and says, don't take your eyes off the pendant. If you do, you'll die. And they all buy it. They all are like, oh, I gotta look at it. Well, I got... She, she hypnotizes them. That's what I Yeah, she hypnotizes them because he blacks out and he wakes up handing over a hundred, like, uh, 10,000 yen, I think, right? Yep. And, uh, and then he, for the Miracle Stone, and then there's a picture of him holding it and it's glowing in his hands and he's like, I've done it. Um, and he's so enthralled. He Ultimate deletes, power. He deletes all everything he's written to write about Miracle Stone, and he writes a bunch of them, and Toyama is like, nah, I'm axing all of these. So, that's bad end. Um, so, uh, this is what happened. Basically, as as um, Tama, you have to decide, no, I want to sell the Burning Hammer, which then undoes this, and now, of course, now when Minorikawa arrives, Chiri's on stage doing magic tricks, as we know. is getting impatient and uh, thinks she's also not good at magic. And he approaches Yanagashida, which I'm so glad that they got to talk, you know. Um, And he says, and Yanagashida stalls him. And he's like, the real delay is starting soon. And he goes like, and then Minorikawa points at him and goes, you have three minutes to start this demo or else. And he says, or else what? And you can say, I'll be heartbroken. I'll start a ruckus (laughs) or I'll go home. I don't know why I'm a violent Minorikawa here, but I said start and ruckus. Um, so the Minorikawa, Minorikawa, Minorikawa starts counting down, and then you get a keep out, which is annoying. With some aggressive finger pointing, too. Like, this is some world class. Like, you've got three, two big ass fingers in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, it hasn't even been a minute yet. How does your clock work? So, I. Ha- <laughs> I have this in my notes that Tama at thirteen oh five actually will clear the keep out if once you do the Miku thing and get the burning hammer, which is what happened to me. But uh, at any rate, Tama arrives with more burning ham- hammer. The sales demo can finally begin. Tama reveals, of course, hundred yen shop. You know this. You skipped one bad ending though, the one where Tama doesn't show up. 
Oh, I had that at the end of my notes. Okay, but, by the but way, no. But okay, all right, fine. We'll do it here. So if Tama doesn't show Tell up, us. huh? So yeah, Tama doesn't show up. Of course, everybody riots. Uh, I, wait, I have to go to my end of my notes to see this. Uh, let's see here. TikTok, motherfucker. They riot because Minorikawa tells t- tells everyone that it's a sham. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um. He tells everybody that this is a sham, that he's, like, running a con. But then Yanagashia says, no, I, I'm a pacifist. Um, and I, and he, he's threatening me. I'm a pacifist. And first he demands three million yen in reparations from, from Minorikawa for this accusation. And then he tells the crowd that Minorikawa is a bad journalist to spread rumors and ruin his business. So there will be no burning hammer to sell at all. Damn you, Minorikawa. And the crowd buys this. And no toys for the children. So there's pictures of people, like, beating up Minorikawa and trashing the whole place. And he comes to, like, buried, and he sees Tama. This is after everyone's left. Tama comes up to him really blurry, and he says he thinks it's death. And he goes, no, I'm not going down like this. Death, I, I, I challenge you fairly to a game of rock, paper, scissors. And he try, and then Tama, of course, as we know, always throws paper. And Minorikawa tries to throw rock, but, of course, his hand is gnarled. But the thing is that he knows he threw his rock. So even though Tama thinks she lost, Minorikawa thinks he lost as well and succumbs to death. Amazing. He fucking dies from rock, paper, scissors. It's kind of wonderful. I remain. But let's rewind time again. So that didn't happen. Shit, now where the hell was I in my notes? Uh. Okay, so anyway, um... Tama, so now in, in our correct timeline, Tama arrives at the Burning Hammer. The sales demo begins with Yanagishita Chiritamo. Tama accidentally spills the beans. Minorikawa tries to snap pictures, but no one's answering his questions because they're so upset. So, um, let's see here. Uh, Minorikawa passes by Tama, who seems disappointed, but he manages to interview Yanagishita, who tells him he was hoping to repay his debts with this. And he says there's always tomorrow. Yanagishita actually seems determined, which we now know is from his conversation with Tama. Um, and what's great is, if, again, if you did this route first, Yanagishita mentions that there's a girl he was in love with. And that's what the, led to the debt. But they don't extrapolate on that all. And then you just learn, no, he's just into, like, a girl who's at a bar, like, who's fighting, you know. So that's kind of great. Um, so, anyway. And then Minorikawa tells him about Tayama's debt. Um, you can have a choice to ask him about Shibuya now or just like, nah, I'm good. Um, but if you do ask him about Shibuya now, which is the wrong choice, he, uh, Minorikawa says, how do you feel about your life right now? And Yanagashita says he feels lucky because despite everything, Tama and Chiri stuck with him. And then someone knocks on the door and Yanagashita rushes out, but we don't see who. It sounds like Yanagashita's arguing with two men. Minorikawa thinks it must be angry customers or something, and in a, an odd piece of non-investigation doesn't really seem to follow up or care. Um... Now, I think... I don't know if uh, we want to talk about that bad ending yet. Or, I'll just keep going with my notes. Um, so outside... Uh, so outside, the guy who talks to, who had talked to Minorikawa about the surveillance cameras only grabs his hand. He says, I got a scoop for you. I saw a foreign guy in handcuffs arguing with someone who looked like a detective. But the detective undid the guy's handcuffs and walked right off. I think it's bribery, and I want you to report it, he tells Minorikawa. Because he, he's afraid he won't believe... The, a police won't believe a guy like him. And Morikawa's like, yeah, probably not. Which I, I think was really judgmental. But all right, what do I know? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Who let Tariq go? 
a detective of some kind. Minorikawa makes that call. The man thanks him and says he can't get business done with all these scary thugs around, but runs... Uh, uh, well, he runs off when Minorikawa presses him on that. Anyway, so Minorikawa gets back to Loud Trek. It's almost, it's almost 2 o'clock, and he has six pages to type out, and he sees an old man complaining there's no good magazines to the staff. And we don't, and he doesn't know who this old man is, but there's one ordinary old man at Loud Trek I can think of. Anyway, the waitress tries to give him a four-star general gossip magazine, funnily enough. Um, but he says it's trash. And Minorikawa's like, well, that's true. But he picks it up. Yeah, he's like, he finds a scratch card still inside and realizes what led to Toyama's downfall. So he rips it up, which upsets the staff for like a second. Um, anyway... Then he calls Chiaki, and things went great. She got to talk to people. She's ready to write an article, and everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Minorikawa until he goes to type, and he realizes his laptop is taking too long to boot up, and then it, and then it dies. And oh then he's no. like, "Oh my god, my laptop! God damn it!" I think he's gonna have to go to like Achi's dad to get his computer repaired or something. Hmm. Oh, maybe. Wait, didn't he already, like, kind of, like, strong-arm Achi's dad for info? Yeah, so I wonder what his options are. But that's the only, like, computer repair-related lead that we have in this. <laughs> what if Yanagashita's really good with computers? There's, n- like there's no way, uh... have gotten himself into that kind of a situation. There's about 20 other ways he could have made money <laughs> if he was really good at computers. <laughs> <laughs> He's also really dumb, though. <laughs> all right yeah we're all dumb um us computer people though uh, but uh let's finish up with kano all right so kano uh let's start off with the bad end where if there was not a um a traffic jam so uh kano and jack stanley i just Stan- have stanley right in my notes jack stanley <laughs> oh my god. I just have his last name, so I'm calling him Stanley for the entirety of I, I keep calling him Agent Smith because he's got those glasses. He does. I I love when um a Japanese writers have to come up with American names and they pick like two first names. <laughs> I like cause I know there's people that are named two first names, but it like always happens and it's so funny to me. It's never like first names that make a last name. <laughs> like Stanley. It doesn't really work. Bunch of people out there with the last name Stanley are offended that you said that. It's one Stanley person. Jack. <laughs> it could have been, you know, it could have been. It's actually Dan. It's actually Stan Stanley. <laughs> like, wait a one. Wait a minute. <laughs> Stanley. Oh wait. But yeah, he's uh, God. I just, it's so funny to me. It's like um, he's the American with the most American name. I. Yeah. Um, so, Stanley and Kano, if there is not a, uh, traffic jam, will immediately head to the Syndicate, uh, hideout, um, and then, um, the place is called Black Lodge Pub, if you just need another Twin Peaks reference. Um, so, uh, Kano knows this place as it's usually filled with expats and is apparently a hotbed of criminal activity. Um, they hear a commotion beyond the behind the door once they get there glass shattering and stuff falling to the floor um i thought this was tama because i played this one first but no um what actually happens is um 
Kano does not follow Stanley's orders and immediately busts through the busts through the door, and all uh, basically every foreign man in Shibuya is stabbed to death on the floor. <laughs> um, Kano deduces that the killer is still nearby and is start starts looking around. Meanwhile, Stanley behind him uh, falls down, stabbed through the back. Um, Kano didn't see the killer and is still like looking around, ready to shoot at a moment's notice, but then uh, is immediately stabbed in the back of his neck, and we realize that one of the corpses on the ground was not actually dead. Um, so, that's our bad end. We needed someone that was there to cause a traffic jam, presumably so that uh, the killer is not there. Though we don't know When that. Kano dies, when he dies, you see a blurry figure of a woman, and... Uh, I thought I thought it was Maria as well, but it can't be because she's in she's Tama. Um, so I wonder if that blurry figure is uh, Kanan. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's kind of confirmed at the end of kind of the chapter. Yeah. Um, I yeah they Kanan is mentioned again at the end of the chapter. I thought they were talking about the place, but yeah, now it, I'm thinking it's it's a name. Um. So, if there is a uh, traffic jam, basically, uh, they, uh, Stanley and Kano have a um, discussion in the car. Kano starts worrying that um, that the case is getting out of hand. There's too many unknowns. He doesn't know what the hell is happening with Tateno. Um, and Stanley breaks the silence by asking pretty much exactly what um, Kano is worrying about. Um, and then he immediately badmouths uh, Tateno because he couldn't even keep track of Hitomi. At that moment, uh, Kano sees outside the window as they're driving that Sasayama is in a fight. Um, still in his uh, otaku getup. Um, Kano immediately busts out of the, uh, the car, uh, much to uh, Stanley's chagrin. And um, we see Tariq Al-Karawan, uh, the guy called David Tennant. Um, fighting Sasayama. Um, Kano fucking suplexes the guy. Uh, immediately, like, he throws him onto a dumpster, and he is out cold. This guy, not having a great day. Yeah. Uh, Stanley comes up and does one of the best backhanded compliments ever, which was, uh, that was some pretty good brawn, but we need a little work on the brains. Womp womp. So, Kano checks on Sasayama. Stanley's angry because he's just like, fucking cuff the guy. Like, why are you worrying about the, the other dude? Um, and he's wondering if, like, all Japanese police just constantly ignore orders. Um, so, after we check on Sasayama, we start um, cuffing Alkarwan, and we see that he has a tattoo of a two headed scorpion on his arm. And the word skull. Not a skull. The word yeah. skull. The word skull. The word skull. They didn't bring up up they didn't bring up the word skull, but it is there in the picture. I'm not right. sure why. Um so Kano mentions that he heard a while back from headquarters that the head of the foreign crime syndicate had a tattoo of a two headed scorpion. So we we're pretty sure this guy's the ringleader. Um they tell Sasayama to take him back to the precinct while Kano uh, gets a call from Shizuo, Rumi's dad. Great. Good timing. 
Yeah, so he basically just guilts Kano, goes off on this tirade. This is why I don't want my daughter marrying a, a cop, all that sort of things. And Kano just goes sort of meekly, but weren't you weren't you a cop? <laughs> uh, which just sets him off even more. Um, this basically goes nowhere. Um, he just gets very angry. There's, an, there's another choice here where you can you can hang up on Shizuo and then Kano gets oh, yeah. a string of calls, of wrong calls for every other character in the game. Yeah, I thought that would be a bad ending or something, but it just doesn't seem to, like, I didn't get it at all. Yeah. Yeah, just people start calling him and one of them was trying to reach Achi's dad, I guess. Yeah. And it sounds like something's going on with, with um, Achi's sister in the hospital from that. Oh, no. Mm. Huh. And there's another... Who, who else? He gets another call. I can't remember what it is. Minorikawa, I think, calls him. Or somebody trying to... Oh, maybe so, something... Or someone calling Minorikawa, maybe? Maybe you're right, yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird because in um, Osawa's... Uh, one of his uh, bad ends or something, um, Detective Banana gets a call from Kano. Hmm. And yeah. I was wondering if that would tie in, but I didn't, I didn't see it anywhere in my playthrough, at least. No, I mean, I mean, you, you can choose to call... To, to call um, to oh, yeah, that's later. right. Yeah. At any rate, yeah, it's just an odd thing that I don't think... It will never be explained. Alright, so after we get off the phone with Shizuo, um, Stanley and Kano get stuck in traffic. Um, a, we meet Miku, I think it was, um, and she mentions that this was caused by a big accident by the train station. Um, Stanley tells uh, Kano that the gang is most likely after Osawa's drug, um, the the antidote. Um, Kano is sort of like thinking that it was the money, and Stanley just sort of says no, it's drugs. Um, and we reveal that a international criminal mastermind is using uh, this foreign syndicate as a tool to get Osawa's drug. Um, so. Our orders to be tailing these guys and not to catch them was pretty much from Stanley's organization so that they could try and catch this international criminal mastermind. Um, Stanley says he doesn't really care who gets kidnapped, which uh, makes uh, Kano really mad, and we get a dick dictum. Yes, they're back. Number eight, when you really want to punch something, you really probably shouldn't. Yeah, not bad at all. Good advice. Um, so after this reveal, we get, uh, the opportunity to call Sasayama or Fujiwara. So if we call Sasayama, Sasayama says he's got, uh, Tateno watching over Alcarwan, uh, cause he bumped into Tateno a little bit of back, back ago. Uh, Kano is really confused, uh, what, what happened to Tateno. Um, apparently he got, he lost track of Hitomi, which Kano notes is not like him. And got ordered to go back to the precinct. So Sasayama bumped into him while they were both um, heading back to the precinct. So Sasayama said, hey, if you're going back there, can you take this perp with you? And Sasayama went back to tailing the attache case. And we know from the other route, we know from the other route that that Tariq Alkarawan gets let go. So there you go. Tateno's in on the conspiracy. Also, who do you think the international criminal mastermind is? Do you think it's a character we have seen so far or someone else? Uh, I think it might be Kanan. Tanaka. Yeah, I'm going to go with someone we haven't seen before. There is one more character left. 
but I mean, I don't, I don't know who Kanan is. That might be Maria's real name. The driver. <laughs> dun dun dun. Um. So immediately after we hang up on Sasayama, we notice uh, Al Karwan uh, out and about. Um. Kano. Uh. Immediately walks over and tackles him again. And now Carlin's just like, hey, man, they let me go. It was all a, a big misunderstanding. Don't worry about it. Um, Stanley is just like, you guys suck at your job. Kano, please take him back to the precinct. Um, this this is a bad end, by the way. The police isn't very competent in this game. <laughs> no, they really don't. Yeah. So, um, if we... if. Uh, if they do see him again, Kano uh, takes Alcaron back to the precinct and um, interrogates him for several hours. Um, Alcaron keeps asking what time it is um, to like very specific. Like Kano says it's two eighteen. Alcaron says, "But how many seconds?" Till eventually it become uh, Alcaron notices it's two twenty on Kano's wristwatch. He says, "Okay, then that should do it." hinting at something, but we don't know what, because the interrogation just keeps going on for hours, and nothing happens, and that's the bad end. Um, so it took me a while to find, but basically we just need to make sure that when we're in Minorikawa, don't ask Yanagishida about his life, or should be now. Um, and when that happens, that makes Yanagishida jump in front of uh, Kano's car when they notice Alkarawan. Um, so... Kano can't jump out and tackle Akarwan because Yanagashida is like, yo man, let me into this car, I need your help. <laughs> please, please. And he's pressing his face up against the window, it's so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, all of Yanagashida's frantic pleading uh, blocks us from going after Alkarwan. Don't his pants get pulled off at one point too? <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. I, I didn't remember that. Well, okay. He's got the heart boxers. Yeah, the heart boxers. <laughs> Oh, oh, of course. Maybe that depends on what... Uh, you have a choice of three options when all of them go to the same place, but maybe one of them uh, is for heart boxers. One of the ridiculous options is, like, because you know, it's mostly, like, push him away, but one of them is, like, pull him in, which is, like... Yeah, let him into the car. Yeah. And you get in, like, a tug-of-war sort of fight with the guys outside, and they pull his pants off, basically, which leads to that. Yeah, okay. So, um... Anyways, Alcaron gets away, and Stanley says that Tateno is obviously betraying them. Kano doesn't believe it. Um, and then we get a, a flashback um, that uh, to like the beginning of the day, uh, Tateno, Tateno is lecturing Kano about um, this ransom drop-off, how it's weird that they're doing it at this big crowded intersection, um, and that it's being done by the sister instead of literally anyone else. So, Tateno's at least not entirely in on it, that seems to be. But, um, anyways, we finally get back to the, uh, the Black Lodge pub. After getting through the traffic jam, we burst on in through the door, and everyone's still dead on the floor. But, there's one guy still left alive, and he says, Kanan. Or Kanan. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, anybody else notice that Turbo kept mispronouncing Tateno? Alright. Anyway, so... <laughs> well, you gotta keep pronouncing Yanagishita. 
and I'm not saying anything. Wait, yeah. Oh, 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 what? Well, you all keep, well, you keep a- mispronouncing Kano. Yeah. <laughs> you or Ren, I mean. It's obviously the Mortal Kombat character. But, anyway. <laughs> Look, the correct pronunciation is Detective Banana. That's yes. true. Yes. Yeah. Can't we all just get along on Detective Banana? We can. So, yeah, I'm excited about Mariah next time. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm a little less excited about her. It's like the conspiracy is coming together. I think we we figured out a lot of big pieces. Um, we kind of we kind of had figured out what was going on with Tateno last time uh, at the end, and and that uh, becomes more clear in this chapter. Uh, we also had. Uh, some some folks had astutely uh, intuited that the the girl in the cat costume was Maria. Yeah, I intuited it. Mm-hmm. Good, great job, everyone. Everyone at home gains a hundred points who guessed that. Yeah, you get a VMBC gold star sticker. We're putting it up on the wall. Look, it's right there. Look at that. Good for you. Put it on the fridge. That's our merch. We're selling that. It's coming soon. Anyway, it's it's weird that we didn't have those while we were playing Danganronpa, um, but um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, it's exciting to to have to finally have the conspiracy start to become clear. It's it is very twenty four esque in that like all like the the different t- timelines or the different tracks are starting to merge together more, um, and I, I'm sure eventually they'll all be in the same place and something important will happen. It'll be cool. I have a new theory. You know who the international conspiracy ringleader is? Maria. Dun dun dun. I thought it might be their mom before before I got to the end, and um, and I didn't know who this new female character was because it was just like a silhouette of like a woman with black hair who's blurred out. And I was like, it can't if it can't be either of the twins. I wonder if it's their mother who died, quote unquote, died. Yeah, maybe. Okay, Maria orchestrated the kidnapping of herself yeah actually yeah um maybe to like get the antiviral from her father for some reason or the virus or something like that but then something went wrong she got hit on the head and she forgot that she did this she was like there's only yeah there's only one way i can fool the mastermind known as achi and it's it's by kidnapping myself (laughs) 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 yeah so we'll see how it goes, man. I mean, any theory is valid right now. Yeah. Great job, everyone, for taking notes. You all talked for a very long time. I didn't. I am still proud of you. We're only at 140. We're only at 146. It isn't that bad. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not the longest episode of the NBC. <laughs> We're only at double our normal recording time. Well, next time I just won't try as hard. Who are we doing next week? Yeah, we will probably do that off screen. I don't want to do a sour game. (laughs) Bye. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night. I'm a cat, you know.